Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody. It's time for another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and uh, flying solo today, but I'm bringing you some news. Um... I figured it's been a bit since we've done a little cigar news update, and I figured, you know, since I'm flying solo, that would be a good uh, good use of time. So uh, why don't we go ahead and jump right into it, and uh, I'm going to start off with my cigar. And the cigar I am smoking tonight is the Red Anchor Admiral, and that is brought to you by United Cigars. And the cigar is a 6x52 Toro featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, uh, binder and filler, both from the Dominican Republic. And um, I am looking forward to this. I, I like the Red Anchor. I've had this uh, I had this before when I was up in uh, New Hampshire for the uh, um, uh, Two Guys anniversary party. Um, what? Oh, God, that was 2022. Man, time flies. I swear. It, uh, <laughs> you know, it's weird. I'm looking at my schedule, trying to plan ahead for shows and everything. And uh, it's like, fuck, TPE's coming up right around the corner here. And so I got to start thinking about pre-recording shows for while I'm out in Vegas to uh, have those in the can and everything. So, yeah, I mean, time's flying. It's already the almost the uh, end of January, so which I'm okay with because it's been cold as hell. And uh, I don't like the cold, so I'm all right with uh, getting past winter here. Anyway, it's time to go ahead and cut the cut and light the cigar. And the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company. And I was just over at Riverman Cigar Company earlier today, actually. I hung out for a little while. Um, uh, in all fairness, I did not plan on flying solo today. But, eh, shit happens. And uh, it's fine. I understand. But um, I was able to hang out in the lounge for a little while and have a few cigars and, um, you know, ch- catch up with everybody and... Um, you know, that's the beauty of the cigar shop, guys. You know, you can go by and chill, have your cigars, meet your friends, and, and just kind of chat for a while. So, uh, it, it like Cheers, um, everybody knows your name at Riverman. You walk in, and you're instantly made to feel comfortable chilling out in the lounge there. And uh, it's a good place to sit and have a cigar. He's got a nice selection of cigars over there at Riverman Cigar Company. He's got the full line of Aladino cigars. Um, still has a whole bunch of of uh hard to find fuente cigars so if you guys are fuente people and you're looking for uh some hard to find uh fuente cigars you know give dan the man ponder over at riverman cigar company a call he's got the aladino sumatra he still has plenty of those so if you're looking for that um that's a good place to uh to score that as well um but yeah Give Dan the Man Ponder a call because if you're not in the St. Louis area and you can't just swing by in person and pick up your stuff, he does do mail order. So you can give him a ring and he'll get a nice shipment of cigars sent out to you right away. It's Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company. And with that, it's time for me to go ahead and cut my cigar. So, um, it has been a uh, surprisingly busy week. Um, it's one of those things. Um... I'll just, you know, briefly while I'm lighting this, talk about this. Um, this is one of those times a year in uh, in my, my real job, my business, that um, revenue is light. And so I tend to spend January and February chasing down revenue that's owed to me. And so uh, 
it's been a lot of that this week, you know, circling up with folks and, and, uh, seeing, you know, Hey, where's my money? Um, you know, and that, I, I hate doing that. I really do. Um, but unfortunately it, it happens and, uh, some of it's pretty, you know, old, I mean, it's, it's old money. So, um, that's what I've been busy with this week. So anyway, cold draw time on the, uh, red anchor Admiral here. And, uh, Hmm. It's got a distinct flavor component to it. It's it's a um like a like a leathery kind of fruity kind of taste. Um I almost say like not raisins, but grapes. Kind of a grape. Not but not artificial grape. It's that real grape kind of flavor. I whatever. It could be me. I'm sure it's probably me. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting on this cigar right now. Um, is that what's actually on it? You know what? It's all subjective. That's the best part. I can tell you it tastes like, you know, almond butter. Who cares? So, anyway, firing this guy up here. So, yeah, like I said, we're going to talk a little cigar news and, uh, you know, get caught up on what's going on there. Wow, we enjoy the red ink. So, um, there we go. First things first. Um, I'm going to uh, be kind of uh, skimming this stuff here as we go. But, um, you know, I <laughs> again, show prep. Should have done some more. Didn't. But um, that's all right. That's what happens when we're on the fly. And it's Thursday night at you know, 1030 and I still got to get this done for you guys. So, um, it's what it is. So first things first, we'll talk, we're going to be talking about flavor bands, um, a little bit here. We've got two articles about, um, actually, yeah, two articles about flavor bands. So first things first, um, this was reported back uh, a little, eh, about maybe two weeks ago, not quite two weeks ago that the U S Supreme court is not going to hear a challenge to California's flavored tobacco ban. Uh, they announced that they're not going to hear an appeal to the uh, near total ban on the sale of flavored tobacco and vaping products in California. Um, they uh, listed uh, what they were going to take on, and that was not one of them. The ban went into effect on December 21st of 2022, and it was the result of a state Senate bill and that was signed into law in 2020. Um and uh, so I get it looks like uh, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, along with others, challenged the ban in uh, courtrooms trying to use, uh, you know, um, some of California's laws to try and get voters to overturn the law, um, which caused for a two year delay. And then in November of 2022, 63.4 percent of ballots cast in California uh, said they were in favor of the ban. And so. um they uh, turned around, appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, seeking an emergency petition to block the ban, and then uh, and the court denied that. And then it just kind of goes on from there. So um, the ban on flavored tobacco products in California does contain an exemption for flavored cigars, though to qualify for the exemption, the cigar must be handmade, use a whole leaf uh, tobacco wrapper, and have a wholesale price of at least $12. So, you know, for those of you, Sorry, 
This is one of those things about me doing a solo show is I don't get to smoke. Um, for those of you who understand, a wholesale price of $12 means you're probably looking at an on-the-shelf price of somewhere around 24 to 25 bucks, um, you know, depending upon tax rates and things of that nature. So, you know, it's it's it, it, it we're not talking cheap dates here. And uh, I don't know very many flavored cigars that cost, you know, $25 retail. So, you know, there's that. Um, now, uh, according to this article from halfwheel.com, there does remain some vagueness as to what the wholesale price is as California's other tobacco tax use the term wholesale cost. And, you know, so it, now we're getting into the minutia of what word is used and all that. There's also exemptions for um, flavored pipe and shisha tobaccos. It does not prohibit the use of flavored tobacco products and does not make it illegal to buy such products from out-of-state retailers. So, you know, I guess if you uh, are a California person and you love your fat bottom Bettys, you know, you're going to have to probably go online. Um, do, 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 do. Anyway, the long and short of it is that, uh, yeah, it uh, does not appear that the Supreme Court is going to take that on. So it looks like the California flavor ban is going to stand. Now, that leads us into the next bit of news here. Well, before, before we get into that, we'll talk about the Red Anchor for a moment. Um, kicking off a decent amount of smoke right off the foot. Um, and, uh, hmm. little itty bitty bit of spice to the retrohale right off of the foot. So far, smoking um, relatively mild. I mean, it's it's uh, got a nice flavor to it right off the bat, um, but uh, it is smoking a little mild. So, but I I think this cigar ramps up. I think it's one of those ones that starts off kind of easy and goes from there. So, like I said, that leads us into the next article here. So, um, this was from Wednesday. Um, Apparently, 21 attorneys general across the country call for President Biden to approve a flavored cigar and menthol cigarette ban. And I guess in December, the White House delayed um, the uh, flavored bans on or federal bans on the sale of flavored tobacco or cigars and menthol cigarettes. The bans, technically two separate bans were announced in 2022, and the US, uh, FDA has been working on finalized language for both of these bans. Um, however, the FDA is, you know, still doing its thing, and um, in uh, December, the uh, White House Office of Management and Budget, uh, Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, uh, listed the bans with a final rule date of uh, two, 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 three zero of 2024, uh, meaning they've been delayed. However, the dates are not binding. Um, I don't know what three zero means. I mean, it's not March the zero, you know, but I don't know. Maybe it's just March of 2024. They just left it vague. Um, anyway, I guess the half-wheel reports that multiple reports have indicated the Biden administration is concerned with the potential political impacts of the bans, specifically concerns about how the bans will be perceived by black voters. 
Um, there's been long-standing complaints that a ban on menthol cigarettes would increase the policing of black people who make up a disproportionate amount of menthol cigarette smokers. And a report from the Washington Post last week was one of the latest to detail these concerns, but it also contained an interesting tidbit saying that the White House faces an internal deadline of this week to make sure the bans would fully go into effect during Biden's first term. So, you know, this episode's coming out on Friday. It's not completely unreasonable to think that perhaps, you know, uh, today or this week, uh, we could be, we could actually, this this could be irrelevant news and we might be talking about this kind of a ban. Um, apparently, the Washington Post seems, uh, the, the deadline seems to be one based on whether the sale bans would be enacted during Biden's first term. FDA has previously, sta- previously stated that both rules will have a one-year compliance period that allows companies to sell off existing inventory, train staff, and prepare to be compliant with the new rules, which means if the finalized rules were impl- uh, implemented today, uh, retailers would have to would be able to continue selling menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars until... Um, well, it would be, I, I'm recording this on the 18th, so it would be January 17th of 2025 without any worry of federal action. Um, 20, January 2020, or January 20th of 2025 is Inauguration Day. So the rules would have to be implemented by uh, Friday, so the day this episode comes out, to meet the internal deadline. And um, it seems that... Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, and there's inevitably going to be lawsuits that come from this. So um, it could be one of those things where it just doesn't happen. But apparently, they are uh, they do have some uh, attorney generals that are pushing for this, including uh, my state attorney general Kwame Raoul. Um, you know, so uh, anyone in Chicago that likes your flavored cigars or your menthol cigarettes, remember. Kwame Raul is trying to take him away from you. Anyway, that's my little local political thing. But there's a whole bunch of these guys listed here. Uh, like I said, there's 21 of them. However, I don't recognize any of the other names. And so I can't tell you what states they're from because why would uh, this article include what states they're from? Anyway, um, so... Kicking off a lot of smoke with this red anchor here in the Ice Tent of Love. The Aladino Mobile Studios in the Ice Tent of Love. Um, yeah, I, I, this, look, I think it's, it's one of those, I think the writing is on the wall for flavored products. I don't know how long we're going to all have, um, before it's all said and done. Um, you know, I, I think before it's, it's ultimately done, I, I think when, when, when the dust finally settles on it, um, you know, could there be exemptions carved out like in the California ban? Possibly. Um, but, uh, I don't know if that would apply for the federal one, but I, I, I think if we have anybody to blame, it's vape. I think vape, vape completely, uh, changed the game for youth, um, nicotine and tobacco. Well, not even tobacco. I don't want to say tobacco because vape is obviously not tobacco consumption. 
And uh, it's I, I think that, that that's part that's a huge part of the issue is is vape. And, and, and it's easier to just wrap everything up in one bow instead of uh, going after the thing that they should be going after. And I you know, whatever I it, it, it's it's what it is. So I, I've been saying this for the last few years and I'll keep saying it. If you are a flavored cigar, uh, fan, if you like your flavored cigars, um, I would, uh, you know, consider stocking up. I'm not saying that you need to go out and buy like 20 boxes of something right now, but as you have some extra income, it maybe wouldn't hurt to, uh, to buy a few boxes and stick them aside. You don't know. And I'll also say, I find it interesting that, uh, you know, companies are still, putting eggs in the flavored basket um you know i think uh i I don't know if it's one of those things they're just trying to get it out while they can and hope that it'll you know not happen or what but you know asylum just recently put out a whole line of uh uh flavored cigars um now there's a long story behind that involving deadwood tobacco and you know the deadwood uh, cigars and everything like that lawsuits this that and the other thing so i and i'm not quite familiar with all of that so i'm not going to get into that but i do know that these cigar flavored cigars that asylum has recently put out it's my understanding based off of what more than a handful of people have told me is that they were supposed to be um deadwood uh cigars uh, similar to the Fat Bottom Betty, the Sweet Jane, and the Crazy Alice, and the Leather Rose. However, um, for a variety of reasons, like I said, I'm not going to get into because I don't know all the details of it. I've been told secondhand. Um, they ended up just going ahead, rebranding them as Asylum Cigars, and uh, putting them out that way. And I know Dan at Riverman carries them, and I've seen them, and i got to admit, they're not obviously labeled as sweet and infused um they at least not on the actual cigar packaging you know the the box is in the case and the lid flipped up maybe it's on the box somewhere and i haven't looked at it but to look at the cigars they just look like standard asylum cigars just in like a red orange or kind of yellowish uh uh and black wrapper and uh everything so um I know at least one guy, I was sitting next to one guy at Riverman one day, and uh, he had got one thinking it was just a new Asylum cigar, and he, he got it out of the cellophane, got it out of the paper and everything, and, you know, put it to the lips to uh, to light it up, and he goes, this is sweet, and I'm like, yeah, this is one of the new uh, sweet, you know, infused uh, Asylum cigars, and he goes, I didn't know it was infused, so... You know, for what it's worth, if he would have asked, I'm sure Miss Cindy would have told him, but the point is... um to look at it, you wouldn't necessarily know. So, um, anyway, I just, I find it interesting that with all of this legislation happening all over the place and bans popping up here and there that, that companies are still, you know, putting eggs in the basket of flavored, you know, cigars. And I'm not criticizing them for it because let's be real, they make money. Um, they sell and whether or not you're a flavored or infused fan, they sell. They sell really well. So they must uh, they must be trying to get their hands uh, on some of that flavored and infused money uh, while they can, at least. So I don't know. For what it's worth, there's there's that. So, um, sorry, I got a 
get the cigar, keep the cigar going here. Don't want to lose it. Um, so moving on to our next bit of news. Florida. A Florida bill. Now, granted, before I get into this, I want to remind everybody, we're in January. January is when all the state legislatures, so all 50 of them, they all come together and lawmakers, both in the respective chambers, you know, I don't know if every state has a House and a Senate. I know Illinois has a House and a Senate. Um, you know, I'm assuming that all 50 states have s similar setups, but um, in, in their respective chambers, you know, you have the legislators and January is when these legislators come together and introduce all the legislation that they want to pursue throughout the, um, legislative, uh, session. And, and I'm saying this from experience because, uh, for those of you who are relatively new to the show, maybe don't know this. I worked in politics, uh, here in Illinois for six years. I did press and communications for the Illinois House, and so part of my job was assisting with crafting legislation and putting out press releases about it, pursuing it, um, monitoring it as it went through the legislative process here in Illinois, and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And so um, I, know, I, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about here. So these guys, the, the, these legislators, they'll, they'll introduce laws or bills um, in... January and February. Typically, at least in Illinois, I think the deadline is sometime in early February to uh, have your stuff introduced. And then from there, it goes to committees, rolls through various committees, and, you know, then it goes to votes in whatever chamber it was first introduced. So in my case, since I worked for the Illinois House, if theoretically my, my state rep that I was working for introduced a bill, it would be introduced, it would go through the committees, um... And then it would go to the Illinois House to be voted upon. And if it made it through the Illinois House, which very rarely happened with anything I was attached to, um, then uh, it would then move on to the Senate, where it would go through Senate committees. And then the senators would vote on it. And theoretically, there might be amendments that are added to it over in the Senate. And if there's amendments or changes made to it in the Senate, it then has to come back to the Illinois House or the House of whatever state and be voted upon again in the house and that also requires you know additional committee time and this that and the other and then finally you know if it gets that second vote in the in the house for approval then it goes to the governor for the governor's signature and so you know it's uh yeah i lost it shit um that's uh how you know the uh the sausage is made um in the in the legislatures and also you know in a roundabout way that's kind of how it's done in washington dc as well um so i'm sorry i've had people tell me that on these solo shows specifically on the uh the audio side that it's rough because you know, in the video, you can watch me light and, and take some puffs on the cigar to get the cigar going again. But on the audio side, you just hear blank audio, you know, for however long um, it takes for me to do that. And I realize that's annoying, but uh, 
I'm not blessed to have an Ed Sullivan uh, or somebody to uh, fill that dead space. So, unfortunately, since I'm flying solo, that, that's what you get. Anyway, I say all that about the legislation to say this. This is the time of year that these lawmakers, um, they shoot for the moon. They introduce every stupid piece of legislation they can possibly think of. Um, and then after they get everything introduced, they look at what's out there that either they introduced or their peers introduced. They decide what they want to want. They want to actually pursue. And then some things die on the vine. Don't even get called. To, sometimes don't even go to committee. I know back in Illinois when we had a previous speaker of the house and we currently do, uh, that speaker was a long time speaker and he would control that chamber with an iron fist. And if he didn't like a bill, it never even made it to committee. It just basically just died. Um, so like he was a gatekeeper. He kept everything bottled up if he didn't like it. So, and if he liked your bill, he sometimes would just straight up copy and paste it into a bill of his own and just make it his own and and push that through. So he got the credit instead of, you know, a uh, legislator from Southern Illinois or something like that. So it, it's it's all games. It's, it's all bullshit and games. But anyway, again, I say all that to say this. This is the silly season. This is the time of year that you're going to hear, oh, my God, the sky is falling. States are introducing uh, bills to do this. They're going to take away our right to do this. They're going to take away this and that and what. They're going to ban this and that and what. Sit back and watch what happens. 99.9% of what they're introducing is not going to ever even make it to the floor of whatever chamber they're talking, you know, you're talking about for a vote, much less make it to the other chamber for a vote and much less make it to whatever governor needs to sign it. So realistically, as I get into this third news piece, realize this may not even make it out of whatever committee it's going to go to. But that brings me to the news piece. A Florida bill has been introduced that would make it illegal to light up a cigar at state beaches and parks in Florida. Um, on Wednesday, the Florida Senate Environment and Natural Resources Committee voted 7 and nothing in favor of Senate Bill 1576, which would modify state law to ban smoking and vaping at state beaches and parks. Notably, the bill does not include an exemption for cigars. In 2022, Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, signed into law H House Bill 105, which changed Florida law to allow cities and counties to pass their own smoking bans at public beaches and parks. However, that bill contained language that prevents cities and counties from banning the smoking of unfiltered cigars, so premium cigars. This new bill would not only affect state parks, meaning if it were if it were to pass, uh the new bill would only affect state parks, meaning if you were if it were to pass, you would still be able to smoke cigars in city and county owned beaches and parks, assuming they allow it. You know, you got to know the laws of whatever city and county you're in to know if it's allowed. Um, anyway, this new bill was introduced by Senator Anna or Anna Maria Rodriguez, Republican of Doral. If passed, it will introduce fines of up to $100 for a person's first violation and up to $500 for subsequent violations, and the new law would go into effect on July 1st of 2024. So it sounds as though it at least made it through 
the Senate Environment and Natural Resources Committee, um, but it does not, the article does not state anything about um, a final Senate vote. It doesn't say anything about going to the House. And, I mean, it's early. It's very early. So before anybody starts getting all up in arms, you know, saying like, oh my God, I want to be able to smoke at state parks and beaches in, uh, in Florida. I mean, again, it's only state parks and beaches, not necessarily city or county, depending upon the city or county and whether or not they've enacted their bans. And it's, it's, there's miles to go before this is a thing. So, um, Florida, get your act together and keep your cigar rights. Damn it. You're the cigar capital of the country. I mean, like, you know, this is, Florida should be the safest state for cigars in the country. So I don't know what's up with this uh, idea, but uh, nip this shit in the bud. Anyway, all right. Now for something fun. So last year, my dad and I, we talked and we wanted to go to the Drew Estate Barn Smoker in Kentucky. Um, We had talked... I went to it back in 2019, and I had a really fun time at it. Um, it was it was it's on it's a working tobacco farm in Kentucky. Uh, it was a it was a great time. Uh, I learned a lot, and uh, I had a fun time. And it wasn't it's not super far from me. It's like four hours from me, and it's about four hours from where my dad lives. And so we you know we thought hey we'd kind of road trip um, converge in Kentucky. And enjoy the barn smoker. Well, obviously COVID hit in 2020. And so we didn't do it then. I think they canceled it again in 21. I don't know what happened in 22. I can't tell you that. I know 23, they did not have it in Kentucky. They had it in other locations, but they did not have it in Kentucky. However, Drew Estate has announced the 2024 barn smoker dates and locations. Um, and they, uh, announced that in their, uh, first freestyle live event of 2024, um, that, uh, they have three barn smokers planned for this year. Um, they are going to have, uh, barn smoker events in Connecticut on August the 10th, Kentucky on August the 5th or October the 5th and Florida on November the 9th. The company has not announced specifics of where the events will be held, but said there's more information forthcoming and tickets will be going on sale on March 15th. It was announced that they will be moving into more of a festival format and there will be some new amenities for VIP uh, ticket holders. Um, I guess they're going to have another couple of events as well. One was called the West Coast Situation. And that's set for July. And then the Drew Estate Family Reunion is going to take place September 7th in Versailles, Kentucky at the Kentucky Castle, which is owned by Wes, H- Wes Henderson, the co-founder of Angel Angel's Envy Distillery. Um, so, you know, you got some, some Drew Estate, you know, uh, events coming up. Um, but personally, I'm, I'm excited about the uh, Barn Smoker on October the 5th. Um, I, uh, I, I, I had a great time at that event, and I think uh, it's one of those things that, assuming the calendar settles right and uh, I can pull it off, um, 
I think that's that's something I want to put on my calendar. So, you know, uh, for those of you who are uh, interested in the Barn Smoker, live near Kentucky, uh, and and maybe you're thinking about uh, going to it, um, you might see me there. I think it'd be a good time. So, and if nothing else, it's a good excuse for me to swing back by. Uh, assuming it's held at the same place, uh, it'd be a good excuse to swing back by Screaming Eagle Cigars. Last time I was there, which granted was 2019. I really liked that place. Uh, it was really nice. So uh, hopefully uh, I can make that happen. All right. So that is the news as I have it. Um, I am enjoying my Red Admiral Anchor here. It's uh, smoking well. I, you know, when I can take a break to actually smoke it, it's smoking very well. My burn line is very, very tight. Um, construction on it's fantastic. The amount of smoke output has been nice, and flavor-wise, it's giving me a, just a little bit of kind of a, a leathery, cedary kind of notes um, to the uh, to the beginning here. Um, but I am still in the first third. Um, it's uh, it's 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 a great cigar. So why don't we now go ahead and get into this? It's time for the Villager Cigars Entertainment Report. Brought to you by Villiger. Villiger Cigars, one of the leading cigar and cigarello manufacturers in the world, founded in 1888 and still family-owned and operated. Head over to VilligerCigars.com and check the store locator to find a shop near you that carries them. We guarantee that Villiger Cigars will be a wonderful addition to your humidor and cigar rotation. Took a retro hail during that little drop there and... Uh, the amount of uh, kind of peppery spice on the retro hill has picked up from that uh, one that I did right off the foot. No, still nothing that's like bad or oppressive that I'm like coughing up a lung or anything, but uh, it's it's getting there. Uh, it's definitely ramping up a little bit. So, Villager Cigars Entertainment Report. What have I been watching? Um, what have I been watching? Um, I uh, what have I been watching? I watched um. I watched an episode of Dark Side of the Ring uh, about the Von Erich family because earlier this week I went and saw the movie The Iron Claw. Um, I don't know if I talked about that on the last episode or not. I don't know. If I did, well, you're hearing about it again. Um, but that's the story uh, of the Von Erich family um, and the tragedy that uh, kind of surrounded that family. Um, good movie. I mean, sad. Don't get me wrong. It was very sad. Uh, if you know anything about the story, um, you know that there's, uh, well, in real life, there were five brothers in, uh, in the movie, they only showcased four, but, um, uh, sad, uh, a lot of, a lot of unfortunate, uh, passing away that took place, uh, in that family. And so, uh, but a really, really good dramatic movie. And, uh, you know, I got to give Zac Efron a lot of credit. He put on the muscles. I mean, that dude got beefy for this movie. And, uh, you know, good for him. I mean, he really threw himself into the role. Um, their dad is a dick, which I, I gather from uh, Dark Side of the Ring that that was probably the case there as well. Um, but uh, what I thought was interesting is I read and uh, I read an article and then Dark Side of the Ring kind of confirmed it, that there was a fifth brother who um, he passed away in a very similar manner as one of his other brothers. And so because of that, 
when they wrote the script for the movie, they decided to leave that one brother out and uh, because they were like, it's it's very similar to this brother. And also, how much tragedy can we throw at the audience, you know, regarding this family? And Kevin Von Erich, who is the surviving Von Erich brother, he uh, had script uh, approval rights. And I guess he went ahead and agreed that, yeah, we can we can just kind of cut that one out. Um, you know, not not to hide him from history, per se, but just kind of say, like, yeah, we don't we don't need to get into the fact that, you know, four of the five brothers passed away uh, tragically. So, um, yeah, it, but it, it was a great movie. Um, not like I said, not a happy movie. You're not walking out of there feeling great about life. Um, you're it's it's definitely a tragedy, but uh, but it was good. It was really good. And um, I'm excited. This is not something that I've necessarily watched. I mean, I have watched it, but I'm, I'm excited um, I saw a news article that Godzilla minus one, the newest Godzilla movie that's been in the theaters, you know, from Japan, that movie is being re-released in black and white on January 26th. It's going to leave theaters, uh, both versions, color and black and white will leave theaters on February the 1st. So there's a small window to go see, uh, Godzilla minus one at this point, but, uh, the um, the black and white version is being put out in theaters on January 26th, and I thought that was a fantastic movie in color. I really would like to see it in black and white. Um, I heard that uh, the uh, filmmakers they didn't just throw a black and white filter on the movie. They they actually went through frame by frame and adjusted the black and white accordingly. So it's it's it looks as though it was truly shot in black and white, not just like I said, a, a gray tone filter thrown onto it. So they put some time and effort into making it black and white. And uh, it was, a, you know, in terms of a Godzilla movie, it was it was really well done. And uh, the story behind it, you know, it really dives into some deeper themes about um, Japan and the nation of Japan and how at that time period, they truly did not have... <laughs> the people's interest in mind. I mean, they were, they were just, uh, you know, the, the, the people of the Island nation of Japan, they were not the top concern of the government. And, um, this movie showcases that in a couple of different ways, um, some true to life and some obviously fantastic with, you know, giant radioactive lizards with fire breath. But, um, anyway, uh, if, you, if you like a movie that's going to make you think and also features uh, a giant radioactive lizard breathing fire breath, go see Godzilla Minus One. I liked it. Um, TV-wise, I've been busy. I haven't really had a chance to watch much of anything. Um, so, yeah, this uh, this this one, I'm just touching on the movies. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what I've been watching lately. Well, why don't we go ahead and do this then, too? Guess what, motherfucker? It's time for three cigars we smoked and enjoyed this week. And uh, I can actually do this relatively easily. Because, so I have been tracking all of the cigars that I've been smoking uh, every day in 2024. And so uh, I can go back and I can actually tell you what I've been smoking lately. And the first one I'm going to mention is one that I smoked on Tuesday, and that is the Garofalo La Familia Sun Grown Toro. 
Um, it's made by uh, Perdomo Cigars for United Cigars. And I, you know, I haven't had the the other ones in the line. I tend to default to Sun Grown or Habano first. It's just my flavor profile to start with. And this is just a fantastic cigar. I bought it when I ordered some cigars from two guys in order to get that HVC hotcake to uh, do the episode with uh, Ed Sullivan. And uh, I thought I ordered two. Evidently, I only ordered one. Um, so that's on me. But uh, what are you going to do? Um, but I smoked it, and I truly enjoyed it. My second one is one that I smoked uh, while doing my deliveries the other day um, for my newspaper. And that would be the uh, Villiger 1888 Nicaragua uh, Robusto. I love the Villiger 1888 Nicaragua. It is It, it hits so many of the high points for me uh, in terms of the flavor and spice and complexity and it it burns really well and i just i i i can't say enough good things about the villager 1888 nicaragua to be honest um you know i i in my experience with villager their core line cigars are very very good i really like their their core line cigars but i found myself enjoying kind of the more special stuff from them um, just a uh, you know, obviously more. Uh, I liked the uh, the Villager de Nicaragua. Uh, it was a limited edition. I liked the Miami. Um, you know, I liked a lot of the. Uh, I did really, I, I do really like the La Libertad. But um, in terms of like a core line, you know, cigar from them, um, I I was kind of like, I liked what they had, but I liked this other stuff more. Well, then they come out with the 1888 Nicaragua, and I smoke that, and I'm like, holy crap, this is my core line uh, Villager cigar, and I truly enjoy it. So that was a nice little treat while I was uh, doing my deliveries. And then um, today, while sitting over at uh, Riverman, um, Dan still has some Yaguas from J.C. Newman, and uh, I and... Uh, uh, another gentleman, Ken, uh, over there at Riverman. We uh, we both grabbed one from the humidor, and uh, you know, a couple of us sitting in the lounge uh, enjoyed the agua. So um, I had the agua, and it's uh, it's tasty. So uh, while you're calling over there to Riverman to put in your order for those rare fuentes or you know whatever else, if you're uh, looking for yaguas, Dan still has some, so you can get those picked up uh, over there today at Riverman Cigar Company as well. And that's uh, three cigars I smoked and enjoyed this week. So now let's do this. This would normally be the time that I give some information about My Monthly Cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and... 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks. And guys, while you're over there at MyMonthlyCigars.com, make sure you uh, check out the fucking good coffee. He's got uh, a variety of different blends, including the Daily Press, which is the official coffee of the Cigar Pulpit, as well as the Lounge Blend and a whole bunch of others. And uh, Nick is teasing that he's going to be making some giant reveal or uh, announcement here soon. 
So uh, if you're not on his uh, email newsletter list, um, you know, maybe get on that, and then that way you can uh, be in on whatever the announcement is. Um, you know, he's very cryptic, very, very cryptic. Anyway, um, and in terms of me, uh, on the socials, I'm available at uh, Instagram um, at the, uh, the Cigar Pulpit. I'm on Facebook where we have the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners Group and uh, all the fun that happens there. Um, we have Twitter slash X where I don't really do much, but I probably I keep saying I really should. Uh, YouTube where you can watch this. And while you're signing up for email newsletters, head on over to CigarPulpit.com. And uh, the little pop-up window that comes up when you go there, uh, make sure you're on my email newsletter list so that you can start receiving that when I uh, get that started up this month. And uh, I still have more time. Don't be, don't be rushing me. I'm, I'm, I still have more time. I, there, it's, it's only, you know, this episode's dropping on what Friday the 19th. I still have, still have plenty of time to get a newsletter out this month. So, uh, don't, uh, don't think that that's not going to start, but. Anyway, um, so, yeah, this is where I'm at. Um, I'm not quite even to the second third of this uh, Red Anchor Admiral. It's smoking very, very well. Uh, I briefly had to just touch up one little spot, mostly due to the fact that uh, I'm not smoking it very quickly, and I had one little spot that uh, just kind of wasn't, wasn't quite perfectly even with the rest of it um and i was worried that maybe that spot was starting to go out so i hit it with a little fire whether or not that was needed i don't know but anyway um otherwise uh, i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i need to tell you guys it's uh like i said it's a nice short episode here i wanted to catch up on a little news and uh get something out here for you but uh hopefully uh hopefully this is good and uh, we can go from there. So, um, otherwise, I, yeah, I'm going to call this an episode. Guys, thank you very much for being patient. Um, I'm uh, going to be working hard this weekend to build out a calendar through um, hopefully the end of March for guests and that sort of thing. So maybe we can avoid, uh, you know, there, there's going to be at least two more solo shows that I know of. Um, I'll be doing a TPE preview uh the uh friday first friday of february so that's what the second um i'll be out in vegas for tpe it'll actually be technically the last day of tpe um that day however um you know for podcast purposes uh it'll be my preview show and then um on uh the 6th tuesday the 6th of february that'll be my tpe uh recap show so um for that one obviously um i'll be solo as well but i'll have a whole bunch of interviews hopefully from the show that uh will break up the uh the monotony of me just talking so we'll go from there but other way I'm, I'm working on building up a calendar so that we can uh we can avoid this kind of stuff but uh anyway thank you guys so much for listening um i appreciate it i uh uh i i you know I always say it, but I always mean it that, uh, you know, I, I, I really do appreciate your, your, your support and your listening and, uh, yeah, please continue to do so. Anyway, guys, this has been another sermon from the cigar pulpit. I'm Nick. Stay safe and stay smoky. <laughs>